This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to this awesome podcast session by the Kenyan Wall Street and the Hisa team. Remember every Monday what we do is we meet up in the morning and we just have a general discussion about um, how markets have performed and generally what we are basically expecting um, in the coming week um, from an investor's perspective and also as a perspective for um, those of us who are actively trading on the market for the long term, short term, just trying to look a little bit on the fundamentals and also just uh, to have a view of how markets um, have opened and how markets are going to close uh, and now probably how we expect markets to react um, this coming week. Uh, to start off, first of all, let me introduce my co-host today. Um, his name is Davis Kavinji. I'll just let him say a word before we proceed. Good morning, everyone. I'm glad to be here with you this morning, and I hope we have a meaningful and uh, rich discussion. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, on the other side, I know we have our usual co-host, Erika Soma, who is with Ben. He's not able to join us live today, but I know he'll be able to um, share a few of his, of th- of his thoughts regarding uh, the market. To start off, Davis, um, generally looking on performance that happened, um, the general market performance last week. We saw most of the um, uh, market indices trade on, on, on the positive edge. Um, we saw the NSE 20, the NSE 25 and the All Share Index uh, both post gains um, last week. Generally, maybe if, you, if we'd start off with that, what was your thought? Do you think there's something that's causing this rally um, on the market or you think that um, this is something that's temporary? Um, to be honest, it's hard to say. One of my hopes is that foreign inflows would increase. However, as I've been looking at the week-on-week data, foreign outflows have actually been increasing. So foreigners are exiting our markets, um, exiting on large large counters such as Safaricom, KCB, Equity, Standweek and the like. Um, It's my hope that, especially as banks start releasing the results, I believe KCB should do so later this week, that activity on these counters will actually increase and um, yeah, that market participation will actually increase. So going forward, I'm hoping that our markets do continue to improve. Uh, but at, at present, I am not sure of the trend. All right, Davis, um, maybe just to also just to gauge your thoughts on something. Don't you think that the activity that we saw on um, on global markets might have been the cause of what happened on the local market to some extent? considering that foreign investors still maintained a little bit of an edge against um, local investors in terms of activity. Data last week we saw foreign participation was at 59.5%, local participation still down at about 40.5%. That is data that was coming in uh, from the NSC last week. And just to look look at it from a global perspective, we saw equity markets globally rally we saw the s p the nasdaq the dow all of them probably trading on an on on on, on highs um though i think at the end of the week the nasdaq had probably just um eased off a little bit because we saw the sell-off in most of the tech companies but now looking at it from a local perspective we know what really caused the global rally 
was first of all we saw the stimulus check we saw biden sign um the, the american rescue um, plan the arp that's the stimulus bill uh, where we, we each um, each american family is expecting about 1400 dollars and then also at the same time we saw christine lagarde that's the ecb president um, mentioned that they will continue they will increase the rate at which they technically in layman's language print money mm. um, and then also just a little we also saw japan on the other side uh, say that they are likely to do certain measures that are likely to control the yield uh, the, the the yield that is on the uh, on, on the japanese markets so just looking at it from that angle don't you think that these are some of the activities that pushed a little bit of rallies on on our markets or that's something that you feel isn't really on uh, you, you feel that something that didn't really have an impact on, on the market just to share your thoughts uh, from a global perspective yes um so in light of investor fears that interest rates will actually increase you know uh, fears in light of inflation because of again the stimulus checks and the like of course the central banks around the world uh, are enforcing certain measures to reduce investor i mean or to increase investor confidence rather so like we're likely to see an increase in bond buying uh, going forward which will serve to reduce interest rates uh, interestingly enough the fed has actually increased its bond buying program however that hasn't had the maybe the effect that they expected since the 10-year yield for example is at 1.6 percent as at present in fact that's the reason why the nasdaq went down because um when interest rates rise the cost of capital increases and so when you see growth stocks uh, trading at extremely high valuations, the valuations are not justified when the cost of capital goes up. You know, it will be hard for them to um, get more debt. It will re really reduce the valuations in layman's terms. And so it could be a possibility that investors are seeing future risks in that particular regard, rising interest rate, the risk of inflation in light of um, the Biden policy, etc., and moving away from emerging markets. Um, one of the effects of or at least uh, this thing may go one of two ways. So last year, when the stimulus package came in, a lot of this money moved towards assets, so land, um, stocks, and the like, etc. especially since the cost of capital was greatly reduced. This, of course, led to asset price inflation, uh, which is a bit different from the common inflation that um, we experience as measured by the consumer price index. So this next stimulus check, uh, one of the fears, of course, investors have going forward is that it won't lead to asset price inflation. Rather, it will lead to normal inflation as measured by the CPI because economies are opening up. So it's like you're giving people free checks and just telling them, ah, go spend, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, they may, those may be among the fears that are contributed toward outflows from emerging markets. And uh, yeah, <laughs> those are my, that's my take on the same. Interesting, Davis. Um, also, um there's something very interesting that I want us to talk about. Mm. Now that we're looking, we've, we've had the global perspective, we've had uh, the view of, of how the local markets um, probably might have been affected by what happened globally. But now looking at it from another angle um, and we're tearing down into stocks, let's start off with nation media. Um, as expected, I believe we, we, we had that in our last podcast where we mentioned that um, it was expected for a little bit of a sell-off to come out of nation media. Um, the selling pressure on nation media was, was slightly higher last week, 
where we saw NMG drop um, week on week. NMG had declined by about 22.8%. That's mm. at the close of Friday. Though also, funnily enough, on Friday, Nation Media actually gained a little bit of traction. Yeah. And uh, maybe I'm just wondering, maybe also just if you touch a little bit on NMG before I, I mention something, it would be interesting. Okay. Um, so I believe a large... Or the main reason why the share price started tanking is because of profit taking obviously when you have people who are up uh, 50% and above uh, possibly a hundred if I'm not mistaken since the all-time lows people want to exit out of this position because as much as the management has said the long-term prospects of the company are really good with its digitalization strategy moving all things online we haven't seen the results of that in fact the company announced a profit warning which means that results are likely to be quite bad and so to be honest, going forward, I'd expect the counter to actually perform worse than it has at present, uh, especially when they announce results which may not be um, in line with investor expectations of growth. Um, uh, however, long term, maybe the strategy might uh, bear some fruit. A good gauge or a good measure is to possibly compare, uh, I've stated it before, is to possibly compare the strategy that the Washington Post uh, enacted uh, under Jeff Bezos, which brought it from a point of it was a struggling newspaper company, it moved everything online, and now it's quite profitable. If NMG is uh, doing something similar, but now, of course, adjusted for a local market, and it's actually panning out, and there's actual growth, the actual subscribers, and more so paying subscribers, uh, the future prospects look bright. Interesting. With lots very long term. <laughs> and also, also just to just to give you guys a little bit of a review for those of you who are listening to us live, uh, Nation Media has opened market today and it's trading at prices of 20 shillings per share. That's already 2.3% uh, uh, from the 19 shillings and 55 cents that it closed at on Friday last week. At this time, still there's no supply on Nation Media. Demand is at about 104,100. It will be interesting to see if we're going to probably have another um, sell-off on NMG or we are likely to probably have a, an increased demand um, uh, for that stock. Uh, last week we saw a little bit of a selling pressure, um, just slightly on Safaricom. Despite last week's turnover, which was very high, last week's turnover was one of the highest, I think. I think it was the highest weekly turnover this month, um, where we saw the NSC um turnover rise to about uh, 3.2 billion of the 3.2 billion safaricom actually traded 50.26 percent of the week's value uh, safaricom had 1.6 billion worth of shares transacted despite all the high activity we are also seeing a little bit of a decline in price over the past um, week safcom closed the week at 37 shillings and 10 cents which was slightly lower from from the price it was at last week and just also to mention, um, Safcom has only moved a very small volume, about um, 3,000, uh, about 9,300 shares um, on the market right now. On the demand side, Safcom at live market right now, the demand is still growing at 37.15, about 1,984,000 and a supply of 749,000. So we're seeing supplies on the lower end, um, demand is on the higher end. But generally, Davis, do you think Safcom is likely to continue having decline or we should expect a little bit of an upsurge um, on, on the share price, at least back to the highs that we saw recently of about 39? 
I'm trading at 37. Do you think the valuations of Safaricom are changing? What's your take? Um, well, I believe long-term investors are still bullish on Safaricom. I was still yet to see the outcome of the Ethiopia um, telecom expansion. Um, I'm seeing a lot of the selling is most likely a case of profit-taking on uh, to a large extent. But yes, the long-term prospects still seem good. Uh, Safaricom, when do they announce? They're supposed to announce the full year. Um, the, the, the full year results for Safcom are supposed to come in, I think, later on, in around early May or later May. Yeah, it's, it's further down the line. Yeah. Uh, those financials will tell us how they adapted, of course, to COVID. Um, in the short term, I would expect uh, the company to hold, to be a hold in a sense, um, at the same position, not really to move around a lot. But of course, in the long term, it will likely go up. Assuming that the legislation against it, since the government wants to separate Safaricom from M-Pesa, this is the second attempt, and it's not Safaricom alone. Um, it wants to separate the telecoms division from the M-Pesa division for all uh, telecom providers. We're yet to see the impact of that, we're yet to see if the case materializes. If that actually becomes something significant, or if legislation goes through that that um what that mps agree to that we will see a major sell-off in safaricom because now a new entity will have to be created and almost half uh its revenue a third of its revenue will, actually from mobile money transactions yeah will just go like that and so investors will have to adjust for that but again those are long-term risks that one must be cognizant of but but man, just come to think of it, looks like Peter Ndegwa is very optimistic about Safaricom. Yeah, I think that's one guy who will we 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 will really be hoping to see how he's probably the first um, face of, of of his contract over the next um, three more years. We'll just be really hoping to see how this will really span out, um, and and maybe we'll see if if he'll be able to uh, to probably do more than than what um, Bob Colimo, um the, the former CEO, the, the late Bob Colimo did uh, during his tenure at Safaricom, but it would be interesting. Um, also, just to touch on the banks, Davis, last mm. week we saw Equity Bank receive, uh, they said they, they received about um, 150 million. Um, they're going to get a $150 million uh, uh, to fund SMEs. I think that's one thing that we'll be able to, to see on, because um, we saw Equity, they obtained um, hundred million dollars uh, for, for MSMEs yeah. for lending from from the European Development Bank but then also at the same time we're seeing KCB uh, mentioned that they were in an ag they, there's um, an announcement a contract they're supposed to be signing actually today oh, with, today. with, with, with Huawei mm -hmm. on, on, on a product they've been working on I think initially they said it was Vuma but Oigara mentioned that we should expect more than just the, the Vuma the current service that we have Mm. on KCB and so um, generally looking at it from a long-term perspective Equity Bank is here lending and um, the good thing about Equity Bank is that the facility that it received it's not only going to be for Kenya alone but it's going to be for regions that Equity Bank is presenting the footprint of Equity Bank I think has now grown um, into about seven countries and that's something that 
it would be interesting to just see how 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 it would be able to span across uh, the continent in terms of also getting investor returns. Uh, but what are your thoughts um, generally on those two banks, Equity KCB, with those developments? Um, okay, I'm quite bullish on Equity Bank. I really do like the digitization strategy, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing to see that the first bank to hit uh, one trillion with regard to their balance sheet, the expansion strategy has been bearing fruit. Even though in companies such as uh, sorry, in countries such as Congo, there there is political risks therein. But I do believe that they've taken these risk metrics into account and I really do like the way they, that their focus is on the small businesses within the country because honestly it's those businesses that build up the entire country, the, those businesses that provide the most employment and the like. And so I really do like their focus. Also the fact that um, they renegotiated a large part of their loan book mm-hmm. with moratoriums and the like such that these companies, these individuals are not hurt by the COVID pandemic, so they really do care about their consumer base and I'm really longing to see uh, how this expansion strategy pans out, how it works out, especially since majority of it is digital, not uh, physical. And so with regard to KCB, we're still waiting on that announcement to see the products that they come up with. Uh, Maybe you can explain what Vuma is for those who may not know. Uh, I think Voom is more like just a mobile app that would allow guys to do a lot of transactions. You, It's more like a decentralized banking system that you can be able to manage on your own because I know you can be able to receive pay bill, uh, payments directly through Vuma. You can be able to link your account by airtime. So it's more of like whatever we've really had, but um, it's more of, um, I'd say, a condensed uh, form of what we've really had over time. Uh, my thoughts would have been KCB would have really worked on improving the current app, the current mm-hmm. uh, mobile app. Uh, maybe that would have been something, but let's see. They usually a way where products, a lot of products, you, you try a lot of products and you see which one comes in. Because I believe Safcom has also been working within the same. If you go to Play Store or, 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 um, or App Store on iOS, I believe, you'll be able to see a lot of, even if you just Google M-Pesa app, mm-hmm. they're close to five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, if you Google my Safaricom app, if, 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 you, if you search my Safaricom app, you'd see about three or four. Yeah. So, so I, know that's, I know maybe that's one strategy that they're trying to look um, at, at this from. But let's see, let's see how it will, how it will um, come in through. And also the financials later this week on Thursday, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, and, and I, I know it's interesting to see just for, for long it's always been um, assumed that KCB has been afraid of big tech. Yeah. And Equity Bank has been uh, embracing a lot of big tech, but let's see just how how this the the development in both KCB and Equity Bank's uh, strategies will be able to uh, to span out. Yeah. And then also just as we talk on that, we know that with tech um, there are either two things: there's either, either job creation with tech or job loss on on tech. Yeah. When we're talking about that, then we have to look on the economy, Davis. Mm. Last week we saw um, the president. Uhuru Kenyatta issue um, the first uh, coronavirus uh, public order of 2021 in his 14th presidential address. Uh, so that's one thing that we need to look at um, since the pandemic began. And there are a lot of stuff that we 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 had the president mention to to contain um, measures that are aimed at containing the virus. Some of them which are political, of course, which we cannot be able to engage in at this time. But I would like to mention that 
the president had actually quantified that last year covid had actually cost the economy about 560 billion um in terms of nominal gdp mm. what what what's your take um also considering that some of the measures that are put in place are likely to still continue hurting one of the companies that are listed on the on the NSE, that's EABL, yeah. um, as a major point of concern. I know it's not only EABL, there are a lot of other um, companies still that are either affected directly or indirectly by these measures. But um, what's your take? Do you think that we are likely to expect another positive turn for EABL or, or, or we should be able to still focus more on, on, on the company, say on the downside of this company in terms of returns? Well, <laughs> to be honest, I would hope that EABL goes down so <laughs> we can buy more. Um, I was actually really encouraged by the results mm -hmm. because a large part of the income, of course, came from the Tanzanian market, which was not really affected per se. I don't think they shut down or anything. Life continued as usual. So. And then, Davis, let me just cut you short. Yeah. Now that you mentioned Tanzania, mm. we're seeing a lot of developments happening on TZ. Do you, is, yeah. is that a point of concern with, with Tanzania now um, openly? Um, we've seen the government openly saying and, and advising citizens on mm. a few measures on COVID-19, despite the, the country not reporting any numbers. Um, but we, there's also a point of concern and there's, a, there's been a bone of contention for the past, I think, four days on the internet on the whereabouts of, 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 um, of Tanzania's president, uh, Magufuli. Uh, but we, we won't be able to get into that. But just now that you're mentioning Tanzania, is that a point of concern on EABL? Because I believe that is. Yeah, it could possibly be. Especially, okay, God forbid if we have what we hear bad news concerning the president, then we heard it was COVID-related. We would have to, I think Tanzania would now start to take this quite seriously. They'd possibly have to do lockdown measures. But again, this is my own opinion. <laughs> this may not be uh, what actually occurs. Uh, so sadly, as you stated, we don't get information from Tanzania. All we do is, all we get is rumors. It's pure yeah. speculation. <laughs> pure speculation, yeah. So that may affect it. Um, other companies, of course, are mostly within the services sector. So companies such as Serena, which is really unfortunate because TPS, they were enacting a good recovery strategy over the years and it was actually bearing fruit until now they had to shut everything down. Uh, of course, that led to retrenchments and the like. In the very long term, the company will recover. Albeit, I'm seeing the share price has been going up year to date. It should be up maybe 12% or so, mm -hmm. or from the last week alone, maybe in excess of that, which is quite interesting because I would expect the results to be really bad going forward for the next year or two. So companies will continue to be affected by these lockdown measures. We're hoping that the vaccine will continue to, how do I say, permeate <laughs> through the society. But then also seeing that uh, from a personal perspective, I think our our vaccine rollout is a little bit slow. Yeah. Considering that Rwanda and Uganda are actually doing way better uh, from a continental perspective, uh, I think our vaccine rollout measures are a little bit slow. Maybe the government would speed that up. But let's see how all this would would play out in the long run. Yeah. And just in case you're wondering, for those of you who are listening live. Um, currently, EABL we're seeing bidding at 175 shillings and 50 cents, and um, offers coming in at 177 shillings uh, flat. Um, total demand is 
35,100 and total offers coming in at um, 51,800. So even on EABL today, we are seeing a little bit of an over a little bit of an oversupply on the market. A little bit of supply, not oversupply really, but an, a supply coming in on the market. And we mentioned the banks earlier on. We are seeing KCB at uh, 120,000 supply and 209,400 uh, on demand. Um, so with the demand at that, demand is at about 39.55 and supply is at 40 shillings flat. Uh, looking on Equity Bank, um, Equity Bank currently is at uh, 39.65 and supply also has 40, just as KCB. Um, Equity Bank demand is 331,000, supply is 53,000. In case you're wondering um, how you can be able to follow up on this data, please you can always download HISA app on your mobile phone and you can also be able to not only just view markets but also follow up on conversations like this podcast where we'll be able to push the podcast later on um, onto the discussion forum on, on HISA. Uh, so that's one thing that we'll be able to look into. Um, so maybe Davis as we push through on the final bits of this we just talk a little bit of, of um, a little bit on how the fixed income market um, performed the bond market um, on the NSE um, we saw a little bit of a decline on the bond market at the NSE where 14 billion worth of bonds were traded as compared to last week's 18 billion on the fixed income segment and I remember when we started you mentioned that we should expect uh, we should expect a, a, an increase in, in bond uh, buying with a lot of guys probably buying on, on bonds uh, but I think also last week really is, is also because of I won't really say probably there was a lot of activity on the equities market mm. so that might have been a reason why we had a decline on on, on the on, uh, on, on the fixed income uh, market but maybe if you just share your thoughts on that and then we can call today's session a wrap okay uh so to sp to boost economic activities i expect the cbk to keep rates low uh, mm -hmm. going forward mm -hmm. there's not likely to be an increase for a while um i do believe bond activities will remain the same or static for a while going forward mm -hmm. yeah not the yields aren't all that attractive, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but possibly going forward, if rates go up, uh, they'll become even more attractive and more money will move there. Uh, thankfully, something that, that's helping... What? Okay, a large reason why banks took up a lot of debts before, mm -hmm. or government debt specifically, is of course because of the interest cap capping, which crowded out a lot of the private sector, etc. It's a really good thing that that was removed as that helped to possibly for banks also to deleverage their position from there, like to move on to um, extending out loans to individuals and the like rather than just focusing on government securities. Uh, I would expect, yeah, just as I've stated earlier, I'd expect the trend to remain stagnant for a while and just unless the central bank increases interest rates. All right, um, and then also for those of you who've invested on the secondary bond market, if you've invested in corporate bonds, um, East African Breweries Limited, um, EABL will be paying uh, the eighth interest payment for the six billion um, fixed notes. These are due to mature in in 2022. 
payment will be made in two weeks time by around 29th of March 2021 at a rate of about 14.17% um, and also uh, just also to look a little bit on what most of our uh, local investment banks are recommending as usual we'll see a little bit on what these investment banks are saying we are seeing we'll start off today with um, with FIDA and we're seeing FIDA investment bank actually recommending Kenya Re, um, maintaining their recommendations their whole recommendation on Kenya Re, um, based on, on on the trading currently the price to book ratio um, and then also other companies that they're trying to look at also giving you a little bit of, of, of a risk actually FIDA only touches on Kenya Re, um, uh, today but then also looking on Genji's capital, Genji's has, um, has this week given um, uh, a buy recommendation on KCB. Uh, so that's one thing. I know Davis had mentioned that he's more optimistic on equity bank than KCB, but we're seeing investment banks uh, thinking otherwise. We'll be able to uh, check on them and probably just um, one of these days we'll be able to invite one of the guys uh, from the investment banks and just ask what, are the, what do they really base their recommendations on and once again remember that uh, whatever we've mentioned as part of the uh, during parts of our discussion all these are not um, an advice to buy or sell a security basically this is, this is purely for information purposes before you make a trade always ensure that you do your in-depth research your in-depth analysis before you can be able to buy or sell a security uh, that's it for today. Uh, thank you all for joining us. It's been an awesome 29 minutes, uh, just as we had stated. It's been an awesome 29 minutes, and we believe that we'll see you guys again on Monday next week as we discuss on Markets Monday. Uh, thank you all, and it's a sunny day here in Nairobi, so definitely uh, keep warm and always remember to sanitize and have your mask on. Um, see you guys on Monday. Bye, guys.